This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Now, with some of the greatest events in the world being held in South Africa in December, from parties on islands off the coast of Cape Town to open-air festivals in the bush, what does COVID-19 mean for the future of eventing? And how has the landscape changed due to the pandemic? To unpack this further, we are joined by Mule Lontlonti, an experienced curator and events organizer, sharing with us what can be expected? Thank you so much, Mulelo, for joining us here on the COVID report. And firstly, what are some of the key changes that have had to be made to the way events are being held? Hi, everyone. Um, from our side, we, we specialize in outdoor events. Uh, we, do, we do Cool Summer, we do Metro FM Heatwave. So those are our big events. And we also have our small scale events, um, very special Sundays, which host about 100 people. But now the bigger events, we won't be doing them this December due to COVID regulations, um, lockdown regulations, basically. Um, those events take about between 10 to 15,000 people. So you can imagine um, the, the, the traffic that's there. So we've decided not to do them this year and just push them for for next year so that's one of the the disadvantages for us as event organizers for um the year of 2020 there's been a lot of changes we've had to go back to to the drawing board and just focus on the, the smaller scale events like your very special sundays and um, try and come up with um, new ideas that will accommodate um, a fewer numbers of people around um, East London because we're based in East London. So we're still looking at those and how we can implement them and also still adhere to the, the lockdown regulations. We don't know if they're going to ease the regulations towards the end of the year. We'll just have to wait and see, but it won't stop us from um, planning ahead so that whatever happens, we know what to do and yeah, and just take it from there. We're all definitely learning as we go. The future of events has changed tremendously. And we know this looking at events that have happened overseas post-COVID. What are some of the biggest changes you have witnessed? And what do you think the future looks like in South Africa for events? I don't know if you saw the, there was a photo that was circulating on, um, on social media recently, a month ago, I think where UK hosted its first um, outdoor festival. They had um, a nice setup where it accommodated like four people and it was barricaded. So I think that's something to look at in the future for event organizers in South Africa, although it will be costly because putting that entire setup is, is, is really not, um, it's not cheap. It's, it's, it's really expensive. And um, financially, a lot of, event organizers have taken a knock this year. So um, I think we might need to work together with um, sponsors, corporates, so that we put together events that will, that will still be safe, but fun for, for event goers. So that's, that's something to look at for the year 2021 and not this year, obviously, because um, I don't think we'll be able to, 
to host events that cater for 10,000 plus people. Even though the, I saw recently that, well, today actually, the artists and event organizers in Durban are they pleading with the president to at least to allow the, the capacity of um, venues to, to at least have like 70% of the people. Um, because currently events that are happening, uh, they have like 50 people. So we're restricted to having 50 people. So the, the, the event organizers and artists in Durban, they're pleading with the president to at least allow them to have uh, a maximum of 70% of their, um, the capacity of the, the venue. So we're still waiting to see what's going to happen from there. And yeah, um, they, they've, they've been speaking to the Department of Arts and Culture. They've pleaded with the president, but they're still waiting. So I think we'll all see as time goes and as um, the government keeps easing the, the lockdown regulations, that's if they're going to keep, that's if they're going to ease them. Uh, so I guess we just have to wait and see. Definitely, we're all waiting and seeing. But in South Africa, a country that has only 11 months because December is its own year, its own experience. What does this mean for December? Do you think as an event organizer, we could maybe, the pleadings could be heard? Are we spending December indoors? And knowing your customers incredibly well and the event goers who, who you host for, could this be an option, spending December indoors? Uh, it's definitely not an option for South Africans. December is December's one big event in South Africa. People want to go out. Um, so I don't think people will want to spend December indoors. I think the government will have to, to work together with the event organizers just to come up with some sort of um, common ground for um, events that might be happening in December. And if they allow the 70% capacity, then that would be great. But for... For people like us who host some of these big events, um, we'll, we've, we've had to, to sort of push them to 2021 because um, looking at the way things were, we didn't think that we'll be allowed to, to host such big events. Um, also, I think it's because there's still no vaccine for, 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 for COVID-19. So it, it really poses a risk for event goers. And uh, for safety's sake, we, we've decided not to to host those big events. So we'll just stick to the small scale events. Um, so it will probably be those 100, between 50 and 100 or 100 and 150 um, capacity events uh, for December, which I don't know how will some of the event organizers work around that, but we are already coming up with um, different strategies so that we can um, host people and let people have fun. Let people have fun, a key aspect in December in South Africa. But now looking at how many organizers have coped during this time, and we think of online digital parties, we've seen parties in Johannesburg completely go online with you joining via a Zoom link. Do you worry that digital events will beat the face-to-face -face events in the future, or could they be incorporated simultaneously? Looking at how things are, even outside of COVID, I think a lot of things are going digital. So it's just a matter of event organizers coming up with a way to um, way of incorporating digital and these live streaming events and still being able to monetize them. 
So um, I think in future, yes, we can look at that. We can have um, digital live events, live streaming events. We've seen it work even here in South Africa. I saw a couple of artists doing that. Uh, and people were paying tickets to, to watch these live shows. So it's a thing that um, that's, it's possible. We can do it. But I think it will take time. Because South Africans, you know, we like having fun. We want to be there. We want to see the artists. We want to see or the artist performing right in front of us. But I'm not ruling it out entirely, but I'm just, I think it will take time to get used to. Now you've mentioned that you're only considering doing the big scale events again in 2021, but what has changed in the organizing in 2021? And what are some of the new considerations that have to be included in the organizations for events post COVID-19? I think the biggest one will have to be um, social distancing. Also, just making sure that um, from the compliance perspective, that you, you adhere to, even though we'd still have a vaccine for, 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 for COVID, you'd still need to have some form of registry where I don't know how it's going to work with these big scale events because I don't think it's possible to register everyone who's there and just making sure that these people are they're, 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 they're okay to go out and 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 be amongst crowds um so it will social distancing will have to be one of those things we'll have to look at um spacing out people at events um i think the the the, the picture i mentioned earlier about the festival in, in the uk that's also something to look at um but it will be costly, obviously, so that we can try and minimize the spread of the virus, even though there will be a vaccine. So, it, But we just need to make sure that we, 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 we minimize the spread, make sure that people are safe, that everyone is um, still adhering to um, the regulations that will be in place then, because we don't know, things keep changing right now. So yeah, that's another way of looking at it. And looking at the events that are currently happening right now, all the events that are still going to go ahead now in December, what are some of your concerns as an event organizer and just as a fellow South African? Um, I've been seeing a lot of events happening now, like the club events mostly, and there's no social distancing currently. Um, people are not wearing their masks. Um, that's my biggest concern right now. And also, I don't know how you can control it because once people start um, um, having their alcohol, when they're under the influence, you can't really control such things. But I think we, as event organizers, just need to come up with a, play, a, a plan to ensure that um, people are partying responsibly, uh, people are safe, um, people are sanitizing, um, People are wearing their masks. I know it's impossible to wear a mask throughout the night when you're partying, but you just need to make sure that they still do just for safety's sake. So those are my biggest concerns for um, about what's happening currently. And yeah, like if you look at people's stories, the snaps, there isn't any social distancing currently. There isn't, people are not wearing their masks. People are just having um, plain fun as if, um, we we found a vaccine for for COVID nineteen. So yeah, that's that's my biggest concern.
And in the same spirit, people will definitely have doubts about attending any live events unless there are stringent measures in place. How are you as an event organizer planning to put attendees at ease? And what are you going to do? Is your marketing perhaps going to change? The marketing will have to change, definitely. Um, you just have to make sure that with this, I think it's going to be easier for us with these small-scale events. It's, um, 50 people are really manageable. Um, you can have sanitizers that will accommodate everyone. You can have, um, you can space people out and make sure that they adhere to social distancing um, because obviously a lot of people are, are, are really um, skeptical, skeptical about going out uh, because they're seeing, like I mentioned, uh, they're seeing the snaps, they're seeing what's happening out there. Um, I also saw on on on, um, on Twitter recently that there was a there was a scare, a COVID scare at one of these parties that are happening in Joburg. So a lot of people are like, ah, yeah, that's why I don't go out. I need them to find a vaccine first. There's no social distancing. So this goes back to what I was saying um, about us as event organizers, just making sure that we we put these measures in place that ensure safety of our event organizers and it will work better for the small like the small scale events well i think we'll be able to manage it and we'll be able to to put people at ease and ensure that we we announce these things when we do our marketing we announce that there'll be um social distancing will be adhered to there'll be sanitizers everywhere in the bathrooms um dj booths the bar the bar areas so those are the things that we'll have to look at just to make sure that um, people are at ease and they are able to go out and still have fun, but still um, be responsible. And lastly, Mu, what are your parting words for event goers in this time of the pandemic and anything you'd really just like our listeners to know? Um, yeah, things are going to change, uh, obviously. Um, I think the big scale events people can sort of forget about them for this coming December, but we'll have all these small gatherings so that we can take away the, that urge of going out to big parties. And that will, I, I think also that will change the face of um, entertainment in South Africa, focusing on the small scale events, still having your big events, obviously, but just focusing on the small scale events and making sure that you, you perfect them. Um, it will be something new for some people because some event organizers are just used to, to stadium events, outdoor events. So entertainment is not dead in South Africa. It's still going to happen. We still have, we'll still have our December, but it just won't be the same. And that was Mula Lontlondi, an experienced curator and events organizer, sharing with us how our December might look slightly different. Now, we all know exhibitions and events have taken a hard knock due to the pandemic and lockdown regulations. Under Alert Level 2, a lot of industries have started operating. Jill Gibbs, Chairman of the Exhibition and Events Association of South Africa, is joining us on the show to take us through what impact the lockdown has had on the industry and what is the way forward. Thank you, Jill, for joining us here on the COVID Report. And firstly, the exhibitions and events industry has been non-operational since the initial lockdown in March. What impact has the lockdown had on business operations? I think I can't really speak for my own business as sitting here with the EXA hat on as EXA chair. 
what I need to do is talk to the, the greater industry, not just EXA members as well. And our industry has been completely decimated and devastated by COVID-19. And even though lockdown measures have been relaxed and we've gone into level two, that is certainly not the case for the exhibition and events industry. So we've tried various avenues over the last five months to change that landscape for ourselves. And we'll go into that as we proceed into the interview. And proceeding into the interview, is there any way in which businesses and operations have adjusted and adapted to the times? I think there's many companies that, particularly in the tourism sector, you must remember that exhibitions and events falls under currently the category of tourism. And there's a lot of tourism and hospitality companies that have pivoted and tried various things, whether we're talking selling foodstuffs or doing something on social media or business pivoting in other directions to create some sort of a revenue stream over these tough months. And then if we're talking specifically exhibition and events companies and entities, a lot of people have moved into the virtual space and there's varying degrees of what that looks like. And then other people have moved into retail. Some people have been doing revamping and refurbishing projects whether they be on a residential basis or a commercial basis. But there are companies that haven't really had any work out there. And that is obviously a huge concern in terms of sustainability and success going forward and a recovery plan for our industry. And speaking to one of the solutions that you have said have come out or that the adaptations that have come out being virtual, are virtual exhibitions and events as effective as live ones? And in terms of monetary value and consumer reach, are they as successful as we've seen in the last five months? I've jumped on quite a few webinars, um, virtual conferences and seminars. And I think across the, the board, there, there have been successes. From an international point of view, on the, the webinars and the, the conferences that I've attended over this, this five month of lockdown, there have been successes. There is always the, the problem of connection being lost or the internet dragging, which I think every country, every entity that is going into the virtual space may experience. And it, it's maximizing that and finding the solutions to, to combat that, that make the difference between a successful event or not. And we, we're a little bit beholden and, and obliged to go with what connectivity is available in terms of stability whilst we on those, those types of scenarios. In terms of importance of virtual events, the feeling in the industry, and I'm talking the greater industry as well, is that some people are very against them and they feel that they will never replace in-person events and that they, they won't embrace it. And then you've got the other side of the coin that are fully into the digital space. They want to move into that digital transformation and they're seeing virtual events as a hybrid or a digital twin to the in-person events. I can tell you that it is going to be a part of our future because that's the way we're headed. And lockdown and COVID-19 has certainly escalated our country in terms of where we were versus where we are now in the digital space. But they will never replace in-person events. And if you look at the, any feedback that we received, surveys that we've done, any interviews or any interaction that we're having with members and the greater industry community, people are yearning to have that one-on-one, in-person, belly-to-belly, face-to-face meeting. 
because that's where the relationship is. That's where the trust is. And they're missing it. But then you've also got side of the coin where from an organizer point of view to an exhibitor, to a delegate, to a visitor, we need to build the confidence and the trust in attending a COVID defended or COVID safety, safety event that we're taking all of those aspects into consideration. And what we did from the beginning of lockdown is that 13 of the major associations in the industry have got together progressively and collaborated over the last five to six months. And we formed what is known as the SA Events Council. It was an existing brand that has been revived. And basically all the heads of the associations get together once a week. And that has been the vehicle and the catalyst for lobbying to government for preparing the reopening guidelines. We didn't want to wait for government to impose these upon our industry. What we did was we actually formulated the reopening safety guidelines for running a safe, defense, safe event going forward. We published those, we presented them, and we've used that as a basis for our seat at the table where we're sitting with government, having the conversations to say, we know what we're doing. We don't fall under mass gatherings. We have organized structured events. And, and that's what we're trying to do. But there are companies out there that have used the virtual space to leverage their situation and to create an additional revenue stream. And I do see that as part of our industry and our, our livelihood going forward. And speaking a bit more of the struggle of the industry, what has the financial loss incurred been like for the industry? And what plans are there to recover from this loss, keeping in mind that the number of people permitted per event or expo is at 50 currently? So what we've done is the SA Events Council. In July, we ran a proof of concept conference and we invited certain stakeholders and government officials to attend the event so that they could get the experience from the point of onboarding for registration through to actually physically attended attending the event. And that was held in five cities nationwide concurrently. And it was put out on social media and it was hugely successful. So the, the delegate, the attendee had that experience from the interaction with arriving at the, the venue, the food experience, the conference experience, the speaker experience. And it, it was invaluable for us to, to hold that because it, it did show that we can do this. We can have an event that is safe and controlled with the right measures in place. Unfortunately, with 50 people, it's, there's no return of investment. And if organizers were to take the risk of holding events where we have only 50 people attending, which would include your staffing, the return of investment just isn't there. And that's why what we're pushing for as the SA Events Council of which EXA is a part, is to, to increase that number. And we obviously need to take a very strategic, phased approach to government. We can't go in gung-ho and say, right, we want to start doing mass events for 2,000 packs. What we want to do is we want to proportion it to the size of the venue, which seems to make more sense, more logical sense, rather than to assign a number to it. So it would be 50% of the venue space, typically. That's what, that's what we're aiming for at the moment. And we've spoken to various entities about that. So currently, not only are organizers looking at the risk mitigation of, of holding an event, they're looking at how can we maximize it and what conversations can we have with government to be able to allow us to have an event that is going to at least break even, not that we have to end up paying in for it. Because right now, budgets are tight across the board. 
To give you a, an example of the scale of the mice and business event industry in South Africa, mice being your meetings, incentives, conferences, exhibitions, and events. In 2018, it generated and contributed 115 billion to the South African economy. And in 2019, 11.4% of foreign tourism was attributed to our industry. So in terms of the loss, it's not just about the direct jobs, there's indirect jobs and economy that is related to it. But basically to date, 100% of the main run of, run of exhibitions and events have been postponed from 2020 to 2021 and even 2022, which is representative of about 68 billion rands worth of lost economic impact for the South African economy in 2020, which critically comes with a devastating loss of employment. How are we going to recover from that? This, these are the conversations that we're having with government at this level to say, if we have a phased approach now, we don't wait until 2021. Let's have a phased approach now about opening. Let's look at the logistics and what makes sense in terms of the amount of people attending versus the venue and the capacity of the venue. And let's start opening those events and having them run so that we can start building for recovery for next year because there already are companies that have closed their doors and may never, ever open again. And that is obviously a huge concern for our industry. Scary numbers and times indeed. Along with these times, there has been a temporary COVID-19 hospital built at the Cape Town International Convention Center. This hospital is built by the by South African Exhibition and Events Company. How will this facility be impacted by operations during alert level two now that exhibitions are permitted the the cape town hospital was was a great experience for for us locally because i think in terms of the the involvement from the exhibition contracting company that was involved which was scan displays through to the relevant stakeholders there was a lot of learning that that happened and that Cape Town RCC um, temporary hospital has actually been decommissioned now. It's, it's actually closing down. And there are two parts of the Cape Town RCC. Obviously, the newer parts, they are already running events there. And because of their, their structure and the way that the, the building is, is organized, they are able to run concurrent events for 50 people completely separately from each other, from your tea breaks to your lunches, through your breakaways, whatever the case may be. So that hospital is, is, is closing up. And there's also a temporary hospital at Johannesburg Expo Center as well, which has been used. And obviously there are other halls at Johannesburg Expo Center. It is a massive campus that can hold our events concurrently, as well as having the temporary field hospital there. An interesting take. Now, please take us through the operational activities of members within your association during Alert Level 2. Are there any events or exhibitions that are scheduled to take place within the next month? And what are the operational procedures compared to before the lockdown and before COVID-19? Okay, in terms of operations in Level 2, there is no doubt that companies out there in our industry are using their business pivoting and their, their different avenues to generate income and revenue. So whether it is a PPE component that they are supplying, it's your sanitizers, your, um, your whole sanitizing station, that kind of sort of COVID PPE issue. There are companies that are out there that are doing that. It's your masks, your gloves, your, all your kit that goes with that PPE. 
In terms of our particular group of companies, the PPE component, even though we were registered as essential service providers, it was not a successful component for us. There is a price war out there at the moment. Um, I'm sure that you've heard there's a lot of um, corruption and nonsense and shenanigans going on surrounding that. And for us, it was never really a, a thing for us to, to generate any kind of revenue. But there are companies out there that have done it, particularly in the tourism and hospitality sector. And also some of the, the contractors have been building and manufacturing and designing those types of things. On Tuesday this week, the PCO Alliance, which is one of the associations that forms the SA Events Council, held their proof of concept conference nationwide concurrently. And that was also very successful, also for 50 persons per event. And in terms of what we've got going forward, there are a couple of conferences and, and things happening from Cape Town ICC through to focus rooms, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the large component exhibitions, which is your electro mining, your Africa Aerospace and Defense, your Propax, your WTM, your RAID, your Comic-Con, those events are not happening this year. They are, some of them are consumer events, some of them are trade shows, and the people that attend them is just, it's a large amount of people that attend. So those sort of trade shows and consumer shows are not happening this year. And for the events that are happening, what are the safety precautions that are being put in place? And how will your members enforce social distancing and observe all the protocols during events? So in our preparation over the last five months as a collaborative industry body, we have formulated the reopening guidelines, the safety guidelines for holding a safe event. And basically from the time that the delegate would register, that is when you do your track and trace scenario. So questions would be asked, have you traveled outside of the borders or traveled in the last period of, 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 of weeks, whatever the case may be. Up to when you arrive at the venue, your sanitizer, wearing the mask, it's mandatory in South Africa through to your engagement when you get into the foyer of the, the venue or the reception or registration area, then through to your conflicts and in some cases the, the proof of concept events that we've had have had a little stand set up, whether it be shell scheme, whether it be a bit of a customized element, so that when you interact with that space, there is a, an acrylic shield at the counter which protects the delegate or the attendee when they're speaking to the, the person that's manning the stand. So all of these aspects have been taken into consideration in terms of saying to organizers and event planners, this is, we are, we are in control of this event. We are the organizers of this event. These are the protocols and the rules and regulations surrounding safety and health that we recommend, that are guidelines. And this is your social distancing. These are the types of signage that you need to have. These are the sanitizing stations. So every box from the point of registration through the point of departure at the event are taken care of in the safety guidelines. And what we're trying to do now with government is say to them, let's use this as the starting point to, to get to a space where a, a document is vetted and gazetted by government to say, organizers, event planners, this is, this is the way we're going to do it. Otherwise, what we run the risk of is everybody assuming that they know how to do it and running their own events, which may impact and have an adverse effect on the, the mainstream where we are trying to do it in a very 
organized and structured way that is recognized by the necessary stakeholders and that is actually a, a professional way of, of going about holding an event. If you take into consideration certain restaurants, certain establishments that, um, where you can go and have a drink and a bit of a snack, everybody at the moment is, is kind of making up their own, own rules and regulations about what happens in that space. And that could either be positive if they're doing it the right way and they're adhering to all the protocols and the recommendations from the Department of Health through to the World Health Organization versus those that are, are not really taking cognizance of it. They're not enforcing the masks, the social distancing protocols. And that's where it becomes very, very damaging for people like ourselves in, in the industry because it's going to set a precedent for government to clamp down further and to bring in further controls. So if everybody just gets on the same page and follows the right spacing, the, the washing of hands, all the rules and regulations, the wearing of masks, the sanitizing, then we, have, we stand a chance of being successful going forward. Now, your organization, Ms. Gibbs, hosts the Excellence Awards annually in January. What is the criteria of an award winner and how will winners be chosen in the next awards ceremony, given the effects of the pandemic? Historically, EXA has held um, a very, very successful annual awards um, ceremony, and it's, it's a highlight of the year for our members to, to come. We normally have a theme, whether it be James Bond, whether it be leather and lace, whether it be the, the Oscars, and we all get together under the same space, and it's a celebration of skills from design through to best service, best practice, and it, it's an evening that is really worthwhile for us. And a few years ago, when AXO formed, which is the association for the organizers, we decided to do a collaborative awards evening, which is called the Exhibition Industry Alliance Evening, and it's called the War Awards. And that's where the organizers, the contractors, the suppliers, the agency companies, the design houses, all get together for this, this annual event, which is held at normally at the end of January. And it really is the highlight of our year. What we do is that from the design houses through to the, the stand builders and designers, they are given the opportunity to submit their, their work with, from the render, the stand renders that they prepared during the year through to the actual photographs of the stand that was realized. And those are collated into different sizes of categories. So you've got your small from say 12 square meters downwards through to your 25 square meters, 50 square meters and up to your larger exhibition stands and even your outdoor events. We also have a greening award as well for the most sustainable stand where repurposed recycled elements are used. So all of these awards are, are, are kind of submitted to a, an industry panel and they are judged. And then they go to an independent panel of judges and they do the final scoring and that determines the winners. And it's quite competitive, it's a lot of fun. And just getting that award at, just makes all of the hard work and the hours and the, the effort that's been put in really, really worthwhile. Then in terms of other suppliers, we've got logistics suppliers, we've got um, cleaning companies, we've got companies that manage the security and, and health and safety. Those historically have always been awarded in terms of best practice, best service, in terms of their recognition in the industry and their standing and, and how they actually conduct themselves. So it is a really worthwhile evening for, for all. 
in terms of where we are in 2020, we obviously can't have that. It's not feasible. And insofar as what has happened this year, the last event happened in sometime in March, and there just isn't enough stands and experiencing and eventing that has happened in 2020 for us to hold an awards evening. But what we're currently doing as an exa board is to determine should we create a virtual ceremony around what we've done historically, or even around COVID stories that have happened in the last five to six months. And by the time we do that, that ceremony will be towards the end of the year. So whatever has been captured over the year that we can obviously do as a celebration and a, a talking point out there, just to give designers and stand building companies and whoever are the entities within the community that extra excitement to look forward to towards the end of the year. So we're currently looking at that and seeing what that would look like and how we would structure it. And all I can say is watch the space. I'm sure you'll see it out in social media and we will get going on that pretty soon. And that was Jill Gibbs, chairman of the Exhibition and Events Association of South Africa, sharing with us how the industry has survived the pandemic and whether or not it will recover and what it takes to recover. Before that, we were joined by Mulelo Ntlondi, an experienced curator, sharing with us how events will change and how our December is going to look. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1 or streams via www.varfm.co.za.